0: You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. That was take two. Take two. <laughs> we, uh, I started saying that, and am I lying? Because we do this as often as we can.
1: But I mean, when we do it, it's still during the week. So to Boom, call it a weekly... That's true. I mean... It's... Yeah, that's true. Did you listen to it this week? <laughs> then it's your weekly podcast. <laughs> that's right. You listen to it two more times, so we put out another one. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, thank you for tuning
0: in. This is episode 127 of the North Peace Podcast. My name's Andrew, and with me as always is Cameron.
1: Good morning, everyone. We're, we're batting almost 500, because it's been, I, guess, I think March will be four years. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be about, uh, yeah, 208 weeks. That's pretty good. Uh, we're 127, that's... Not too bad. Like,
0: if we were baseball players, like, we would be the best batters <laughs> in the entire league. So, again, go. that makes me feel better about myself. Yeah, we're not
1: trying to monetize. Those guys put out two a week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, if you are uh, new to the podcast, thanks for tuning in. So, we do try and record as often as we can and answer questions people have or talk about different topics and things like that. So, how's your week been, Cameron? Uh, it's been a. <clears throat>
1: What's it like? Day nine of this week? Yes, this
0: is our, our weeks are fourteen days long. <laughs> That's right.
1: No, it's been a it's been a good week. I um, it's February first today. That's kind of wild. Right? Um Kind of feels still like coming back after Christmas. And it's like, well, that was a uh, six weeks ago. <laughs> um, no, it's kind of bizarre. Like it feels like uh, you know during Christmas, when you're like, I don't know what day it is, and today it's like, I don't know what season it is. Oh, it's, I know. Yeah it's green
0: and uh yeah if you're not listening from fort st john like we've had a chinook for the last 10 days or whatever but yeah it was like plus 10 one of the days plus 10 plus 12 My I think it kids like kids are riding their scooters in the driveway with like a sweater on that's right in january and then the actually lucy was it yesterday the day before was like dad can we get the trampoline out <laughs> i'm like it's january but like it springs here i'm like no, no. Next week it's gonna be cold again. It's gonna snow more. Oh what? <laughs> that's right. They were all like, Yeah, let's put the trebeline together. <laughs> let's do it
1: <laughs> Let's climb trees. Yeah. So uh no, that's been wild and um yeah, life is just full. Yep. I mean it's good. It's I don't I've I think I stopped using busy a long time ago because it's like we've idolized busy, I think, for the yeah, most yeah. part. Everyone oh, wants yeah. to be busy. So we have really full days, but we have a really intentional um not full evening sometimes which is really good. Yeah, do you want to know
0: what my kids love to do? Um they, we go to the walking track and then we do one or two laps and then they're like, "Can we go uh climb underneath the bleachers and look for hockey pucks?" I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> right on. And that's like that's like Disneyland to them. <laughs> Never taking them there again. <laughs> we went there yesterday and yeah, can we go look underneath the the I think we found over the like five or six hockey pucks that's underneath great. there, and they. I'm like, we none of us play hockey, great. they just sit in my house. But now we have this growing collection of like, oh, I'm gonna go crawl underneath, and I'm like, what are people thinking of us, my that's, crazy that's, children?
1: <laughs> oh man, and that's when Molly's at home, like decompressing. Yeah, she, she had my, like, yeah, yeah, I'll
0: take them to go get all dirty underneath the, pe- uh, the pews. The no, nope. pe- <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we have a few questions that we're going to... We'll see how far we get. A few topics to tackle uh, today. So, the first is... I'll let you word it because you texted me, basically. But around, like, mental health issues.
1: Yeah, and I think it came out of a couple conversations um, I had over the last couple weeks. And kind of culminating in some, you know, training through work, like... Um, in today's society, like mental health and psychologically safe workplaces and in uh, creating spaces where people feel safe is, is kind of paramount in um, the work world. Of course, um, in the HR world, it's all about how to support individuals dealing with just the weight of life. And, right. Yeah. Which is a very, very real uh, thing. And so it's just become curious to me how I've seen um, Christians in the workplace handle things differently not necessarily you know better in some ways just differently and and so in yeah. a couple conversations it was about <coughs> it centered around like how do Christians interact with mental health or illness and, and especially as it relates to medication or seeking professional treatment outside of the church and um i don't know it was just it's so many every person i've spoken with has had a different take on how they intersect their belief in healing and and peace and 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 their experience with serious uh or or the the serious impacts of of negative mental health i suppose and so it just struck me um As something worth talking about, like what is our uh, what is an appropriate or a baseline approach to navigating our own health uh, in relation to what we believe, because, you know, I think we can both say that we would never discourage someone from seeking appropriate professional help in the name of simply praying in faith for healing, but there are those who disagree with that stance. And, um, yeah, so I thought we could unpack that a little bit, just a light topic to start. Uh, yes. Uh,
0: yeah. I think in, well, there's still Christians today that hold this view, but I think, uh, in years past, there was the view of like, you know, if you deal with, well, like a, a simplistic view of like, Oh, depression, you're just sad. Like. Stop being sad, right? right? Or like, well, you should have the joy of the Lord, right? Or like a view of, well, if you love Jesus, you should just have faith. And then, you know, because, uh, you know, Galatians says, cast all your cares on him. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Right. And there was like, and I'm not saying that that's not true, mm-hmm. but there was this kind of like simplistic. And then, you know, someone who's battling depression says, I have cast my cares on Jesus and it hasn't gone away. Mm-hmm. So um, I know that there are even are Christians today still that are like, you know, mental health issues, you know, just have faith and deal with it kind of mm-hmm. thing. And which is bad because one passage that I thought of, because uh, I'm someone who's like, yeah, you know what? If you do have severe like mental health issues uh, and, and medication helps you, it's like, you know, when I have a headache, I take medication because it helps. Like, praise mm-hmm. God that someone figured out that ibuprofen helps your headaches. Like, right. I don't think medicine is evil and we shouldn't trust doctors and, and things like that. Even like I was thinking about 1 Timothy 5, we know that uh, Timothy, who's kind of like Paul's protege, had significant health issues because there's a few times where Paul kind of mentions it or hints at it that he's not doing well. But in 1 Timothy 5, he's writing to Timothy and he says um, in verse 23, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. So mm. someone's going to be like, oh, sweet, I can drink wine. Yeah. But like in that day and age, right, wine was kind of viewed as medicine. And notice that Paul doesn't say, oh, Timothy, you have frequent stomach problems. You just need to have more faith right. and pray it away. He says, like, hey, don't just drink. drink a little wine. It'll help your stomach. Right? So there's an example, and I'm not saying that's an exact parallel sure. to depression medication, but there's an example in Scripture where Paul says, like, hey, do natural things to help your body. Like, um, drink some wine that might help your stomach aches or whatever Timothy had. So I think it's wrong it's a wrong view for Christians to be like, you should never take medication for depression or things like that. And that actually causes, I know I can, I'm not going to use details, but I can think of several examples uh, personally of people that we've pastored that that has had disastrous effects when it's just like, don't have enough faith, pray away your sadness, and then it can lead to suicide because people are like, well now I don't even know if I'm a Christian because I'm still sad, and now you're saying that if I prayed it would go away, and it doesn't go away. Right. So then I think like I think it's okay to to seek medical help if it's needed. Now, now I'm gonna like give the whole other <laughs> the side other pendulum, yeah. where I think like uh, we medicate everything in this world, and it's like. A lot of times, yeah. I and I know people personally that then have depression and they've gone on medication for their depression and it's made them more
1: suicidal. And right. it's like, well, that didn't seem to work. So I think um, there is underlying this idea. Well, it's not even what I think. I think it's been researched enough that in 2024, society and, and just by human nature, we've grown to this place where ideal comfort, um, life without, you know, displeasure or, or uh-huh. everything is designed to make our lives more comfortable. So as soon as we hit any form of adversity, we, we it's not often that we look inside and say, is there something I can do to, um, to change the outcome of maybe what I'm dealing with? And the example I'm thinking through is that my, uh, my wife uh, has a neuromuscular disease and it's been four years and she researched in that first year, like I, she has to take medication for life. She goes to the hospital every three or four weeks for a full day. Um, but she's like, there's a lot of things I can do about my eating, about my habits, sure. about my sleep. Uh, which were incredibly challenging like she gave up things that she loved forever yeah because of different toxins and the way things are made that just didn't interact well with her body but then she through some um, some groups had met a lot of uh, individuals we went to a seminar in Edmonton individuals struggling the same and the smoke pit outside was massive the uh, hmm. the um, obesity was quite rampant and and what the some speakers were saying is like we have no control over these things her and others sat very challenged saying like actually um yeah yep. there there is some control and it's incredibly hard that's one physical example that is quite fresh in my mind where there are things we can do and i think that's where in the bible it's like thoughts that we can take captive because in my own personal struggle like i have um, you know, talk to family and friends during some really hard times. Some dar- I had gone through addiction 20 years ago yep. to, um, yeah. uh, to illicit drugs. And it, I, you know, I went to treatment for over a year and there were um, necessary steps that I had to take to rid yep. myself of cocaine addiction. And it was not hmm. pretty, but it was also a lot of hard work on both ends of the spectrum. Like, yes, there was this which is a disease, like they call addiction a disease, <clears throat> much like um, hmm. schizophrenia, or much like, uh, um, and I know that's really controversial right now because again, addiction is much like some Christians view sadness, like just get over it, like just stop being stop sad or just stop doing that's bad. that, yeah, right? Yeah, not appreciating the complexity of um, yep. of how we how we impact ourselves. So. You know just thinking of all the times where since then I could be in a whether it's a slump or you just kind of yeah you, know, you ever have those weeks where everything's fine you just kind of feel a bum like yep. like everything in life is okay church family work everything's fine the sky isn't falling but then there's been evenings where I'm like man everything sucks yeah yeah and it's like but nothing does yeah. and in those moments had I gone to my doctor even in the last yeah. couple of years I could yep. walk through that and <laughs> naturally having not not being a psychologist they would prescribe something to help take the edge off yes and i do have a couple friends who went and had that initial conversation and still years later they're taking the edge off and and Hmm. in one case not um actively or 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 seeking out ways to kind of take those thoughts captive because i've had to talk to my wife and be like okay i know this is not real yes Um, yeah And we've talked about it, we've prayed about it, and I did, but, you know, my wife having gone through counseling and herself had her own uh, season of uh, almost 20 years ago now of feeling depressed, moving to a new country and and being medicated, she remembers tapering and uh, the difficult task of, okay, I don't think this is forever. Um, So I don't know, it's just a weird relationship of, um, you know, if you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life, Okay. But I think there's some self-reflection that's necessary also in a community or a close relationship of believers to be like, you know, can you help me in my community, whether it's with your spouse or your friend, to be like, what is, you know, I don't know, I just don't think it's always a doctor, a psychologist alone that yeah could be a good uh, sounding board for how you're feeling.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because even before we uh, pressed record, it was kind of like you mentioned something about the the increase of mental health issues generation by generation it's Mm -hmm. like and not only that and we won't touch on this but like the increase of uh people who are lgbtq it's like doubles it doubles every generation and you're like that's really fascinating uh and then the increase of people who are depressed and anxious every generation it's like skyrocketing and So I'm like, I I think there's some, in my mind, it seems like there's some pretty clear reasons why um, we hold a device in our pockets that give us access to any and all information in the entire world. And we stare at screens all day. Mm -hmm. I I saw a meme that was like, uh, a guy gets home from work and he's like, hello, wife, I've been staring at my medium-sized screen. Would you like to stare at our big-sized screen while we scroll on our small-sized screens together? (laughs) (laughs) And it funny. was it was funny. And then I went like, oh, man, some nights that's so true. Sure. We sit and, you know, you look at Instagram reels or whatever while yeah. you're watching a tele... It's like, sheesh. And then I think, too, uh, because we have these devices, you now are aware of every single thing that happens in the world. And mm-hmm. I don't think human beings were meant to know every disaster sure. that happens. And so I think there's things that contribute to this feeling of being anxious or depressed that just like doesn't help again. I want to be clear because I know I'm not saying that that's the only reason I'm just saying uh, it seems to not help to like be constantly consuming things to be constantly. I know everything that's going on in Ukraine and Israel and around the world and people being killed and Mm -hmm. natural disasters and all these terrible things happening. And if I just like,
1: you know, which is funny because on that vein, like studying <clears throat> studying the last few years, world events and cultures, it's like the the global death rate is lower than it's ever been. Sure. In human history. But we still have the end of agers being like, the world's falling apart. Can you see all the bad things happening? <laughs> Terrible things are happening, but at a lower rate than human history. Sure. But the access to that, as you said, is right in front of us all the time yep. all day. So I will Emphasize that, like, just the example of my wife. My wife has a disease that the Lord has not removed from her life. Yes, right. And she's medicated um, by human understanding for the rest of her life. Hospital visits, but there were other areas of her life that she can take hold with a lot of work, mm-hmm. terrible work, um, but has proved helpful. Yeah. And I, I would suggest that that could be the reality of everyone. Like, hmm. you could have. Um, well, I know for certain you can have clinical depression and be very mindful of your intake. <laughs> your the, huh. the, con- the consumption of media, news. Um, yeah. I have a good friend who canceled Facebook, got completely off social media, yep. checked out and said, I have m- enough issues of my own. I don't need to know what everyone else's yeah. are. And that was a really like this person really loved and was pretty active on yeah. social media. Yeah and that's hard and people do, which is good. Um, but that, like, that's a really interesting thing to hang on. Like, yeah, I think
0: there, like, there is a balance. Um, again, like we said, if, if medication helps and for some people it really does, it's like awesome. Praise God for that. Some people, it just does not help. And, and yet are there things that you can do for anybody? Like, so, I mean, I, I don't have anxiety or depression or, you know, it's not clinical by Mm -hmm. a doctor, but like you, I've had days when I'm like, why do I feel like garbage when everything in my life is great? And why I've had days when you have this kind of anxious pit in your stomach for some reason. And you're like, I don't know why, but there's things that I've done that really help. I'm like, I'm Mm going to go outside for a bit and be in the sunlight I'm going to uh, eat better. Yeah. I'm going to spend time with my family. So for instance, like my my wife has a friend that uh, uh, has, you know, some mental health issues. And uh, luckily they, they have a good relationship and she'll text my wife and, you know, I'm having a hard day. And my wife will ask questions like, well, what are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sitting in a dark room listening to sad music. Okay, maybe don't do, like, I'm not going to say this is going to fix your problems, but maybe don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, is it helping you? No. Like I saw, my wife sent me one, like a, a reel. And again, it was meant to be f- funny, so he, like, don't. Mm-hmm. But it was someone talking to someone, and they were like, I'm, I'm going through some depression. She's like, okay, well, are, are you eating healthy? No. Are you going outside with, for exercise? No. Are you talking to someone about it? No. And I, no, 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 and on and on. Are you getting enough sleep? No. And so she was like, "Huh," like the idea of sure. like you, you, you could do some things that that might help. Yeah. Not saying it's going to cure you. No. But.
1: And it's super hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't
0: want to minimize. You're almost
1: more comfortable, or you feel safer. Yeah. By by not doing anything, and.
0: Yeah, don't hear me say like. Uh, it's not the attitude of just like, we'll just go outside. Yeah. Like, like you said, for your wife, it took like serious self-discipline and it's not easy.
1: No, it's incredibly hard. Yeah. And, and I think for her, those habits took almost a year to change. Yeah, and, exactly. But they were intentional um, and very, in, and required a lot of support um, and even some like, you know, a small example, but... Maybe not so small for someone that loves dairy. She cut out dairy, oh, no cheese, no milk, nothing. And so for the for a while we wouldn't buy it. Like we just wouldn't. None of us would eat it for a while because because yeah, if it's in the fridge, she's like, gonna eat it. So like yeah, and and yeah, it's not only that, but it, for a long time we made a lot of changes. Um, that was very hard. But I think um, just j- jumping back to yeah, like the idea of these rates increasing. Um, just yesterday we were in a seminar where it was acknowledged like you know past generations were almost you know that wasn't healthy either right so subdued that they wouldn't talk about anything because that would not be a you know a a sign of it would be a sign of weakness so you know men wouldn't talk or you know women they wouldn't be able to speak and then they would be looked down on so that generation wasn't healthy but I feel like we can swing that pendulum to a generation where any diversity or any adversity in our lives is a sign of something externally that doesn't yeah, have yep. to do, just from, just from, a, you know, a, even a choice perspective, not necessarily a disease or mental health perspective. Yep. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, so my sister
0: has a, her, her oldest son. Ha, um, if he would go to a doctor and get, he would be, uh, he has OCD, like obsessive compulsive disorder, and you can just, even like, if you think I can think about him right now, I'm like, yeah, you can definitely tell there's things that he does that like, but anyways, my sister was starting to do some research on like, how do you help kids that have OCD tendencies? And the temptation is, cause uh, we were chatting about it. Cause I think, you know, oh, interesting. Lucy might have mm-hmm. some of that kind of stuff. Like those kind of thoughts. And uh, she was saying this doctor that she was Listening to online said the tendency is to coddle the person because you just feel bad and you want to help. And, you know, they have OCD about cleanliness. So let's make sure that they wash their hands to help them feel. And this doctor, again, I'm not saying that all doctors say this. This doctor said that's the worst possible thing you can do Mm. for someone. And she prescribed that you actually need to purposely put your child in situations that helps them come face to face with their OCD and deal with it. So uh, my sister started doing that. And now I look at my nephew and I'm like, you're like a different person. Oh, interesting. It's super fascinating. But like she said, like there was times when she was like, man, I feel like such a jerk (laughs) that I'm like doing this. But uh, long-term gains, it was like, wow, that really helped him get over this kind of stuff because he would have cleanliness things and like, oh, mom, I, I touched this thing. Can I go wash my hands before we eat? And it was like, no. Eat your food right now mm-hmm. with your dirty hands. And it was like, like, but he did it. And then it was right. kind of like, oh, I didn't die. Right. Oh, interesting. So I'm giving you one example. I'm not saying everyone should do that. But it was fascinating because even with our daughter, she has some um, tendencies to like freak out if things aren't exactly the right way. If anything changes, it's like, oh, no. And the the heart tendency is to like just make sure that nothing ever changes for her so she doesn't have a panic attack sure and then there's been a few times when it's like well no actually it's and it's it's been helping yeah. it's, it's actually okay for you to feel these feelings and feel discomfort and we're going to help you mm-hmm. work
1: through it like so well it, we notice that with what the kids eat what how much screen time they have totally um so we've been very intentional about You know, screen time right now in our house is Monday, Wednesday, and a little bit on Friday. Saturday, nothing Sunday, nothing Tuesday, nothing Thursday. And only on those days, 40 minutes, which is a wonderful tool for consequences if someone doesn't want to lose 15 minutes of their next day. Yeah, totally. Um, But we've noticed how their intake of even wholesome screens uh, just impacts them. Totally. Also what they eat and my my parenting style and having come from a few different experiences is a little different like you know my son is really struggling with the death of my dad and, mm-hmm. and again the other night had a real struggle and he just he can't comprehend you know that grandpa's not here and doesn't understand the sovereignty of god and why he's in heaven so i remember in the moment he's like i just want him here i'm like well Son, I'm the best you're going to get. But, you know, what's kind of cool is my dad made me and I spent a lot of time with him. So, so, uh, you know, I was hugging him and he kind of thought that was cool where it's like, you're not going to get grandpa holding you right now, but I'm the next best thing. man. (laughs) Uh, And in his eight year old brain, I didn't have to talk about, you know, like grandpa's looking down on us right now, like things that are good for him to know and he does know but when he's crying and being irrational he just needs to be held and told like hey everything sucks like it sucks that grandpa yeah. died Yeah, totally. and cancer is terrible and it just sucks and I think yep. for my little guy who uses that word like he just understands like but while it sucks I'm still here I'm still holding you Yeah. Um, and and we'll talk about the sovereignty of God yeah. tomorrow hey you not. little
0: jerk I'm not dead <laughs> I'm right here yeah
1: I'm just kidding like, that was my dad <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, I did a, a couple of years just doing some working for the suicide hotline and some trauma counseling. Right. The worst thing you can do is like, yeah, either coddle or, or ignore the fact that everything does feel terrible right now. And that's, yes. that's okay. Especially at nine thirty 30 mean, night, I'm going to start talking about. Yeah. I know, think Christians are, are sometimes bad at that
0: where we just want to give the, It's going to be okay. What if it's not going to be okay? Yeah, don't worry. They're in heaven. And it's kind of like, well, that may be true. Sure. And I'm reminded in Job, Job's life sucked. I mean, he lost everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And his three friends come and it says, I'm going to flip there so I don't, but they didn't immediately offer, you know, advice and help. And they get, they get around to that, but it says that, um, Job's three friends heard all the evil that had come upon him. They made an appointment together to come to show him sympathy and comfort him. They said they didn't even recognize him because he was so covered in sores and whatever. They raised their voices and wept, tore their robes, sprinkled dust on their heads, and they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. No one spoke a word to him. So I'm like...
1: Way to be with someone during the worst. Man, and
0: rather... And I, as a pastor, I've I've, um, gotten better at doing this because... It's awkward. And I remember mm-hmm. when, you know, someone's just lost their spouse or their son or daughter has died. And I've gone to be with them. And you are you want to say something because it's right. so awkward. right? And you're just like, and I've just, uh, I'm getting better at it. I'm not uh, perfect at it, but I've gotten better at just like sitting with someone yep. and hugging them. And you cry with them. And you'll get around to comforting them with words but i just love that example that they're like "Whoa, seven look at days. our friends seven yeah. days they just sat with them yeah. like <laughs> in silence yeah. we're like here for you buddy we're just gonna sit next to you and then they get around to and the sad thing is they give Job terrible advice sure. but <laughs>
1: let's not go jump to the yeah end. don't look yeah. at
0: the advice they give them which is really bad uh but they at least they started there right and um so, we could yeah. we could get better at that
1: yeah, I remember the most impactful um, lesson. I was the chaplain on the at a detox on the downtown east side for almost two years, and this lady, Dr. Gloria Woodland, said, "You'll never tell someone it's going to get better tomorrow or it'll be better." Like this is the downtown east side of Vancouver. This is the poorest postal code in North America. Yeah, tomorrow could look worse than today for them, even if they find salvation through Christ. Like, and that was a really interesting reality because we weren't selling this. If you believe if you just believed what I believe tomorrow will be better no you could believe what I believe but tomorrow could physically be worse. and everything yeah. around, you could die you, you very well likely die tomorrow but you know and that's and that's the uh, you know the eternal hope and, and the salvation through Christ yeah. is not something that may manifest physically in their lives the next day or the next day right. or the next day and so that was a really fascinating time because naturally we want to be like hey everything's going to get better. Like that's almost yes. the, the first yep. advice christians give hey we're gonna get through this but when you're working with folks who may not get through it you have to change your tactics yeah and it causes you to rethink you rethink your entire theology around what it means to follow christ and what does the reward of christ look like here yeah because one thing people struggle with then is then is an advertising salvation as something that's coming Mm-hmm. And, and not doing the here and now and how uh, accepting Christ and this gift of salvation will change your life today inside, but not necessarily outside. Sure. And I've kind of view that same framework around someone who might be navigating mental health challenges. It's yes. like, I don't know, everything could be different and similar all at the same time, I think. And yeah, I think that's OK. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. So um, we won't maybe we will we won't get to the other topics today that's okay um this is good but i would say if you're listening or you and you are struggling with mental health stuff uh the best thing you can do is probably reach out to someone don't isolate yourself which is often what happens Mm -hmm. right it's like i'm just gonna deal with this on my own um and even at our church like we have two counselors don and gwen they've done you know, mental health seminars, they did a trauma workshop recently, like, and it was fascinating because, you know, Don in his Don way was like, we're just going to crack the can on it. And I'm like, yeah, but so many people came and said, I can't believe you're even talking about this kind of stuff. Like because, yeah. Yeah. And so if you're listening and you need someone to just talk to, we've got two great counselors here. Uh, I can, I'm not a counselor, but I can listen as well. And Mm -hmm and be someone that you can come to and then um yeah we want to be a church that just is willing to it's not like you know if it feels like years ago it was like the the porn thing that's the stigma no one talk about it and all these guys are struggling with it right. and it was like this is stupid and now i feel like it's the mental health thing yeah. all these people are struggling with it oh i'm fine i'm doing good it's like don't be stupid like yeah. it's okay to admit that you are struggling with stuff right so Um, we want to be a place where you can come and, you know, be open and honest. And then for someone who's not struggling with it, but you're maybe a follower of Jesus and you know, people like show grace and patience. I think that's the thing that I'm learning lots because, um, by God's grace, I don't, I don't struggle with depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety. And it can be very easy for me to have that kind of mindset of like, just stop being sad, which is not good. So show it takes a lot of patience and grace to
1: walk with people. Curious, like that's some of the advice I give. Like go in with curiosity and try to leave judgment, Um, especially when you think you know what's going on. Like I think that people Mm -hmm. are so complex that it's far. You'll have a far more interesting conversation if you actually go in curious. Like what does that look like? Yeah. What is it like? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that just allows for empathy in a different way that we may have experienced we may have not experienced when we kind of go in already knowing the words that we're going to pray at the end of the conversation. Like we've yes. already formulated the prayer in our mind. We already know what you need. Yeah. Uh, Cause it worked for my brother, John, you know, like, it, yeah, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no two people are the same in the way they've experienced their challenges. So just be curious. And
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to go and just sit with someone. Right and not for seven days. Yeah, seven days. That's the record. for just <laughs> But clothes. it's okay to yeah. just be like, "Hey, do you need someone to just come and like sit with you?" That's fine. And and not feel like I have to give you all the answers and solve all your problems right now. No, it's okay to just like sit with someone uh, and just be with
1: them. Uh, you should have a couple like painter shirts in here or whatever, and just tear it when someone. Yes, so I'm gonna tear <laughs> my garments. <laughs> and did they pour uh, ashes on their
0: heads? uh sprinkle dust on their heads i'll yeah, have a little jar the driveway of dust the... yeah just grab some gravel and oh yeah <laughs> there we go and then it's just done. don't talk
1: for the next 45 minutes
0: yeah and that'll really weird them out. what is with that
1: guy <laughs> yeah. so
0: hopefully this has been uh just trying to be like the early church i'm just trying to yeah i'm being like job's friends so oh man so yeah this has been episode 127 uh hopefully that's helpful and interesting and uh Yeah, if you do have uh, other topics you want us to talk about or questions, uh, feel free to message us and we'll talk to you next time.